the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, you will never not see the great radical exchange between the kingdom of God and lost sinners as being that of poor people in need of the riches of God's grace. That's the pattern running through the Bible. When it comes to our weakness, our afflictions, we long to be relieved of it. But as we are noticing here in Psalm 41, more often than not, it's God using these times of our weakness to show off His strength and to build in us a greater trust of His providence. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the Ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We invite you to join us today as we continue our look at Psalm 41. Today we focus in on verses 6 through 9, the integrity of patience among the hypocrites. Here's Pastor Jesse with more. David is referring to this idea of being devoting his powers to the edification of the poor because that's what his master did. Sub point B, watch this. He gives conscious of the reputation of the what? He gives conscious. He's aware. He's been informed. He's been taught of the reputation of the kingdom. David knows the uh, correlation between his life of giving and the presence of the kingdom of God. Does not the kingdom God of God come into the world to bless people? Does it not come to restore people, to raise people up, recover people, to, to, to supply the needs of people? Is that true? Watch this proverb. Here it is. Watch this. I'm getting ready to take you somewhere. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. We've heard it before, but I want you to hear it now. He that hath pity on the poor lendeth to the Lord. Don't go anywhere. Stay right there. Because this is my premise text for showing you how that giving is about a profound, covenantal, redemptive-oriented Economy, economy that exists between God and his creatures that he facilitates through obedient people. That when obedient people are operating out of the overflow of grace in their life to supply needs on the spectrum of needs. Solomon literally says you are lending to the Lord. Did you see that? Boy, you guys are in blessing. I know you thought I was going to say trouble. (laughs) But I want to turn this around and show you something that I've seen that's absolutely tremendous. God says the man or the woman who engages the brokenness of the world through my eyes and then acts kinetically and practically as my hands and my feet and responds physically in terms of a redemptive aim to help those people come up out of their mess, I owe them. Ooh. Somebody's going to get that. Write it down because somebody's going to be blessed out of this. Most of y'all are not going to get it because you, you're just not ready for it, but a few will. 
God makes himself obligated to his people when his people act in his behalf to do for people what God wants to be done for people on God's behalf. This is amazing. He that hath pity, hath pity, hath pity, hath pity. That's our propitiation word. That's our mercy word. And it's not ethereal and, and psychological and even, even rhetorical. Have pity on them. When you have pity on somebody, you recognize their misery and brokenness and poverty. And you know what it means to propitiate? It means to satisfy. It's a cognitive idea. Watch this now of making whole. It's the idea of integrity. That man lacks integrity. Give him some integrity. To show pity on a sinner is to bring Christ to the sinner in totality of his need in every area of it. Whether you are saved or unsaved, you need Christ in every area of your life. Are you hearing what I just stated? I'm going to show you something. I want you to get it now. This is very important. God obligates his people to engage with him and dealing with what God knows is the true condition of humanity. In God's eyes, no one is rich. In God's eyes, all of us are poor. In God's eyes, intrinsically and positionally in our condition, in Adam, we are poverty stricken to the highest degree. In God's eyes, all of us are in debt. In God's eyes, we owe God an infinite price that we cannot pay. But God in his great love wherewith he hath loved us, in his great mercy and the riches of his grace in Christ comes to human beings with the answer to their poverty through the ministry of the gospel by men and women who actually see things the way God sees them. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Yes, sir. This is why you will never from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, you will never not see the great radical exchange between the kingdom of God and lost sinners as being that of poor people in need of the riches of God's grace. That's the pattern running through the Bible. And what David is doing is reflecting upon the time in his strength where he was obedient to God and meeting needs of sinners, needs of sinners, which put God in a temporary covenantal debt with David to pay David back. I know that's tough to hear, but you can't get past the word lend. Watch this now. Watch this now. He that hath pity on the poor lendeth unto the Lord. Is that right? Y'all ready for the last part? And that which he hath given, will he pay him again? Anybody believe the Bible in this, in this house? I just need one person to believe the Bible. And don't explain away the book. Don't explain away the book. I got some sharp theologians in the house, been having them for decades. Don't explain away the text. Don't explain the Bible away. Submit to its truth. Dive deep down into it and try to find the glory of God in it. But because the truth hurts you, don't explain it away. Just because you're not obeying it. Don't ever explain it away. You, you, look, you on, you on one side of this promise. You're either under the river flow of God's blessing to help a poor sinner, or you are the poor sinner in need of the blessing of this verse. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Right. And saints can be there too. Because David is there right now. In our next segment, David is in that place of physical sickness and therefore spiritual weakness. And he needs God to come through. Don't you need him to come through when you're broke? Because I'm broke sometimes. I don't know about you. I'm broke sometimes. 
I'm so broke sometimes. It's like water to my soul when I hear the saints, Pastor, I'm praying for you. I'm going, I just absorb it like a sponge because I am so poverty stricken at times in my weakness and in my infirmity. That's the power of gracious words when they come to you at a time when you need mercy. Am I making sense? This is why God calls us to be these kinds of people. And that which he hath given him, he shall repay. Now watch this. I told you earlier that language like this rooted in promises of reciprocating obedience are never done outside of a context. This is a covenant promise that God made to his people, Israel. Stay with me now. I want you to see it. And it carries over to the New Testament because we are the quintessential Israel. The same laws of what I call theologically redemptive economic principles apply today as they did in the days of Israel. They apply today, too. That's why Christ kept the principle of freely you have received, freely you what? Give, give, give. It is more blessed to give than to what? Receive. That stays all the way through because you and I have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. Therefore, you got something to give unless you're jacked up in your head. Are y'all hearing me? Watch this. In the Decalogue, here's what God said. I want to show you something about the term strength here because it takes strength to give. It takes strength to give. It takes authority to give. It takes resources to give. It takes power to give. It takes the strength of wealth to give. It takes the strength of supplies to give. When you don't have anything to give, you don't have any strength. Does that follow? It takes strength to give. What God told Israel when he brought them out of the land of Egypt, he says, I want you, I want you to remember the stranger and the poor. Because you were both of them when you were in Egypt. Now I have brought you out of Egypt. And I brought you out with a high hand and an outstretched arm and you walked out of Egypt. You didn't run. You walked out because when God came in there and tore up all those gods, he let everybody know you were his. And when he walked you out of Egypt, he didn't walk you out of Egypt broke. Y'all remember he had blessed you with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly in Christ for he who became poor for us became poor in order that we might become what? Rich through him. Well, Israel, when they came out of Egypt, how did they come out? Remember, they came out with all kind of gold and silver and jewelry and necklaces and bracelets and, and toe rings and nose rings and necklaces and earrings and eye rings and forehead rings. Remember, God already knew he was going to bring them out with a bunch of money. Didn't he tell them, you go to your Egyptian brothers? And, 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 and tell them to, the word was borrowed, but what it really meant was pay back <clears throat> what you really owe for dogging us for 430 years. And the Egyptians were super happy to give them the money. Remember what we just learned about Abraham and Sarah? Every time God's people show up, the best thing to do is bless them and send them down the road. Because God getting ready to take over. So Israel came out of Egypt with all kinds of wealth. According to the psalm, it says they came out with great substance. Now, again, don't be carnal on me. I'm talking spiritual. But I am not excluding the physical. I'm saying that God blesses us in order for us to operate out of those resources to bless poor and strangers who need the ultimate blessings of the gospel. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So what God said in the book 
of Deuteronomy over against this fundamental issue. Chapter 28, verse 2. I'm going to show you a couple of verses here. I want you to see this now as we work through our first point. I really do want you to get it. Look in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. Here's what God says. And I want you to get this because this is going to help you uh, forge a greater clarity of commitment to behaving rightly with what you have. Behaving rightly with what you have. Particularly if you say you're a child of God. Do you guys got time for me today? Particularly if you say you're a child of God. Please listen to this. Here's what God says. And I'm going to start right here at verse 12. He says to Israel, the Lord shall open unto you his good what? Does this not correspond to Ephesians 1.3? God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. We are rich in Christ. Do you see the correspondence? God's opening up heaven. The blessings come from heaven. Praise God from whom all what? Blessings flow. God says, I will open unto you the treasures of heaven to give the rain unto your land and its seasons. Watch this. And to bless all the work of your hand. Now watch it. I'm going to show you the three tiers. Heavens opens up. Your finances are blessed. Now we're going to enter into a covenant of economics by which God is blessed toward those who don't have what you have. Do you see it in the next line? Look at it. And you shall lend unto many nations. Do y'all see it? And you shall not what? All right, stay right there. I'm not going to waste any time divesting you from the crazy word of faith, pagan, narcissistic, carnal interpretations of financial blessings that many of you guys have just been overwhelmed with by false churches. I ain't going to do that. All I'm going to show you is this. The principle stands true that when you become part of God's kingdom, he positions you for power so that you can be a blessing over against poverty so that you don't find yourself in need. Did you hear what I just stated? He positions you for power through blessing so that you are now operating as God's representative and being those who have supplies to give to others versus you being always the one in need to receive something. Did y'all hear what I just stated? When you operate right out of the principle of obedience of faith, what God says is I'll fix your situation so that you'll be able to live a life of giving. He made this an imperative. This is not an option. I'm going to show you. This is not an option. This is not. Where you and I are operating in the preponderance of our life, where we're always begging, where we're always taking, where we're always receiving, where we're always in debt. I'm speaking spiritually. It may have a a physical application, but I'm speaking spiritually. We're disobedient. Ain't nowhere in the world you can read your Bible and think that you can walk in a perpetual state of that which is contrary to what God promises to bless you with, And it not be a matter of us infractioning the covenant responsibility, breaking the covenant. Am I making sense? If I'm constantly spiritually impoverished, if I'm constantly anxious, if I'm constantly uh, uh, filled with stress, if I'm constantly operating out of emotional and psychological sickness, and I'm a child of God, either God has failed or I have failed God's principles. Am I making some sense? If I'm constantly there, if I'm constantly jacked up, if I'm constantly uh, uh, incoherent, if I'm constantly walking in a lack of integrity, it's not God's fault. It's my fault. And while I'm wrapped up in all that brokenness, I can never give. 
In other words, I can never express who God is through me because God is the one doing the giving. I can never actually enter into that reciprocal relationship where God says, if you use your resources, watch this. I'm going to take you to the New Testament for a moment. I will pay you back. Does this sound like the gospel? I will pay you back. Does that sound like the gospel? I will pay you back. I love the parable of the Good Samaritan because it talks about a brother who came down from Jerusalem, failed among thieves. And then the Samaritan comes along and he takes him up, pours in oil and wine, which is the gospel of the grace of God in Christ, the atoning work of Christ, the blood, the cross, the oil, the Holy Ghost. And he begins his healing. Then he takes him to the end, does he not? And then he gives the end some money and says, here are tokens of finances to help this man fully recover. Oh, by the way, when I come back, if you had to give out of your own pocket, I will repay you when I come back. Are you hearing what I just stated? He puts the responsibility in the hands of the people of God to help procure the healing that comes through the gospel. And he always says there's never going to be a time where you give out of your resources that I don't obligate myself to pay you back. Did you hear what I just stated? And it's more along these lines. God wants you and I to operate out of strength and not weakness. To be able to give to somebody demonstrates the strength and power of the gospel. Do you guys hear what I just stated? Watch this then. Verse 13. Look at verse 13. And the Lord shall make you the what? Ah, there it is. And not the what? You shall be above only and you shall not be what? If that you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command thee this day to observe and do them. See what I'm saying? You guys see what I'm saying? Now, who is the head? Christ. Who is the tail? The devil. Isaiah 9, 15, for you don't, who don't know your Bible. The ancient and the honorable, he's the head. The prophet that tells lies, he's the tail. I'm going to be talking about the tail in our, in our third section here. But God does not want you and I walking around as tails. He don't want your tail out. Excuse my expression. He don't want your tail out. He wants you to walk around in authority. See, headship is authority. Headship is authority. In Christ, you have authority. Right? In Christ, you have authority. And so in that strengthful place, you and I have the not only prerogative, but privilege of giving to others so that they might know the grace of God in Christ. Did y'all get that? All right, let's wrap up our first point so I can take you where David is going now. Under uh, point number one, a reflection on our past conduct. David is enjoying the integrity of the believer in his strength. Sub point A, he devotes his powers to the edification of the poor. He gives conscious of the reputation of the kingdom. I hope you got that, that the kingdom of God comes with power. It comes with authority. It comes with resources. It comes with blessings. The, watch, here's another key for some of y'all. Here's how you know when you're under a false gospel versus the true gospel. Are you ready? Here's how you know when you're under the truth of faithful preaching and falsehood that tells you lies. When you're under the truth, you receive when you're under lies, they take from you. When it's over with, you're broker. You're more impoverished. You're more in debt. You're more a slave. Now you're trapped by their systems. It's a Ponzi scheme. Now you got to go back week after week after week in order to try to not to get out of debt. It's called false religion, legalism, works religion. And people are trapped by it all the time, are they not? 
See, the gospel always comes in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel to give men and women what they need in order to live their lives right. Am I making sense? Right. We don't ask you to come to take from you. I I could care less if you give me anything, give grace anything. Our job is to give to you. And if you don't reciprocate, that's between you and God. Did y'all hear what I just said? Watch this. This is why we don't have 20 minutes of worship around giving. We didn't talk about that before, right? Ain't no 20 minutes of playing music and everybody get to run around the church and people get to walk to the front and take out the check and, and wave it. See how much I'm giving? And put it in an offering. Our offering takes about three minutes and we don't even talk about it because it's not about taking from you. It's about giving you the grace of God and the promises that are in Christ so you can go away full, not empty, full. Full, not empty. And therefore, sub point number three, this grace will lead to his protection in time of trouble. Do you believe that? This grace will lead to the protection of the believer in time of trouble. I love this. I'm going to use this one uh, set of principles to launch us into our next thought. Job chapter 29, please. I'm going to read five or six verses in Job 29. Now, if anybody knew about suffering, it would have been Job. Now, I want to show you just to nail down my point that I'm trying to fix in an image to you about the importance of you being a practical, consistent giver across the board that you look for uh, in your life and you investigate, assess and determine in your life whether you are in the mode of receiving and being blessed by God or whether you're in a takeaway mode. Because Job now is going to uh, reflect upon the time when he was full of God's anointing. And he's going to use language that corresponds to the temple of God and how that the temple of God now is going to bear record to the world of the grace of God poured out. You're going to see a clear paradigm of Christ, but its application is to you and me. Here we go. Job chapter 29, please. We're going to be running through the verses here. Job 29, verse 1 through 3 first. Are we there? Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, all that I, all that I were as in what? Months past. Now he's reflecting, right? All that I were in months past as in the days, here it is, when God preserved me. When God, see, I told you the elect are preserved, the non-elect are reserved. But God has sealed his elect with the Holy Ghost, secured the promises of God to us, and we need to learn how to walk in them. Job says, I remember the days when God had preserved me. What that meant was the anointing was on Job so full that he was powerful, that he was healthy, that he was wise, that he was prudent. He looked like Christ. Here it is. Verse two, verse two, verse three. When his candle shined upon my head. That's the metaphor of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the candle. It's the spirit of the Lord. When the candle of God shined upon Job's head, means that his mind was illuminated. He comprehended the glory of God. He was operating out of, out of a fullness of a revelation of God's glory. That's what I meant to us earlier. Are we thinking God's thoughts after him? Is the spirit of God operating in your mind to illuminate your mind, to show you God's will and God's work and God's ways when his candle shined on my head? And when by his light, I walked in darkness. Woo! In other words, he was walking in a dark world, but there was light all around him. The path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. 
Jesus is the light of the world. You and I are called to be lights of the world, a city set on a hill. That means that you and I are not moved by the darkness around us because in Goshen there's light. Studying God's Word that we might show ourselves approved, that we might come to a deeper love and understanding of God's amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. This has been Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We are always delighted and grateful that you take a few moments to spend with us, that we might, again, study to show ourselves approved. And as we leave you today, we would also leave you with an invitation to join us for worship in person. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Pastor Jessica Stand and Grace Bible Church of Hayward, please consider this a formal invitation to spend Sundays with us. 11 a.m. is the worship service, 10 a.m. if you would like to join us for Sunday school. And don't forget, Friday evenings at 8 p.m., we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word with brothers and sisters in Christ from a variety of churches all over the Bay Area. That's at 8 p.m. Friday evenings. For directions and more information, simply stop by our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or give us a call, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're looking for a copy of today's program, you can either contact us by phone or mail. Send $5 and we'll get a CD out to you. Or stop by grace-bible.com and download the audio file for free. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. 94541 is our zip code. And one final note as we conclude our time together today. We're able to come to you daily here on KFAX because of friendships and partnerships with people such as you who see the value of this ministry. Now, while it is free to listen to, for us, there is a cost, and we are a listener-supported ministry. No matter the size of your gift, it's greatly appreciated. So would you take a moment and pray about it and then contact us with your gift today? 510-886-9782 is our phone number, or write to us, 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.